Are you ready to stop stress, anxiety, and low self-esteem from ruining your life? Join award-winning author and breakthrough expert Dr. Friedman Schaub for Empowerment Radio as he addresses some of the most difficult challenges in our day-to-day lives. Find out how you can use the power of your mind to overcome self-sabotaging patterns and build a solid foundation of confidence and self-respect. Learn cutting-edge tools to switch out of survival mode and approach every day with greater ease, joy, and purpose. Here is your host on Empowerment Radio, Dr. Friedman Schaub. Welcome to Empowerment Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Friedman. How are you doing? I know that a lot of people are freaking out about this whole coronavirus issue. And I think there's a lot of just uh, that fear, fear of getting ill and that defense and what do we do and the confusion and should I travel, should I go to work, should I even touch other people, should I even talk to other people? All of that is going on and, and I think it really leaves people in a very contracted place. So since I am working with uh, fear and anxiety and this is one of my favorite topics i am offering on march 14th saturday at uh, 10 o'clock pacific time 10 a.m that's one o'clock eastern time i will offer on facebook live a you know 30 minutes ways of how to deal with the fear of that virus and how we can change our attitude towards it, how it will no longer be bigger than us and how we can actually embrace this virus as an opportunity rather than a curse. And no, I don't want to diminish that this is something to be taken serious. And I really feel for everyone who got sick and also for those, of course, that died, but we have to put it into a perspective that does not get us into a panic, but instead gets us into a more calm and centered place. And that is also true for other aspects. I mean, for many people I'm working with, they're telling me their worry list is only getting longer by the day. It's the economy that has been starting to tank. It's the upcoming election that scares them. It's, you know, of course, the whole virus thing, the global warming issues. There are so many worry uh, aspects right now bombarding us that, of course, a lot of people, and maybe you are some of them, are living more in that fear and doubt and anxiety mode than really enjoying life. Or maybe you are ignoring your feelings and you just go with the attitude, as long as I don't really pay attention to it, it doesn't bother me. And then you go through the motions and then you live a little bit in this autopilot mode. But that doesn't keep you any safer, just as fear and anxiety don't keep you really safe. It actually is uh, making you somewhat weaker and it certainly doesn't help your immune system. And it doesn't help you whether you are ignoring your feelings or whether you are completely you know, getting stuck in those especially more challenging emotions, it doesn't make you feel at peace or enjoy your life more. This is why today I want to talk about not necessarily our fears, 
but I want to talk about our hearts. Now, the reason why I want to talk about this is because I just came back from our 12th trip to Egypt. And uh, Danielle and I are leading these tours. And uh, this time was the first time in, I think, seven years or eight years that we went. And uh, it was an amazing experience once again to be there not only being in Egypt and floating down the Nile on our little boat, but being in these temples and sacred sites and <clears throat> being with a group of people that I didn't know. These were mainly clients of Danielle, but these were people that were on a quest. Beautiful, beautiful hearts and souls. And, and their quest was to evolve and to learn more, especially about themselves and their spirituality and and what has always fascinated me about going to Egypt is how two weeks there feel like a whole month. Not because it's, you know, excruciating, painful, but because it's so joyful and so deep and so, yeah, so beautiful. Just to wake up every day and, and feeling that your day has meaning and purpose and flow. And, and I often wonder how is it that there we are able to slow down time? and live in a much more fulfilling way. And then you go back into your day-to-day -day and, and somehow time is speeding up and the months are passing by. And what is it about this way of living that we can also implement and integrate into our daily life so that we are much more at the end, joyful and fulfilled in, you know, in how we are existing. And that is what I would like to share with us. When I was thinking about our past experiences and this experience, the word that kept keeping uh, kept uh, coming up for me was living from the heart. Not mindful living, but heartful living. Really just getting out of this overthinking, out of our headspace, where we are always feeling like, well, they're the answers, and that's what we need to trust in, and getting back more into the heart. Now, why is it in the first place that we are not listening to our heart? Well, I feel like, you know, most of us have not necessarily heard from our parents or teachers, listen to your heart, follow your heart, your heart is right. No, the heart was associated as, well, this is impulsive, or this is, you know, too emotional, or the heart is actually, you know, telling you stories and ultimately deceiving you and rely on your intellect. Rely on your rational thinking. Rely on what you learn and not what you intuit inside of you. So we just abandoned our heart as something that's a little bit of sideshow and maybe going to be only there on vacation or when you are falling in love. And then we get hurt. And then we get disappointed. And then we get betrayed. And then we get somehow rejected, abandoned. You name it. Another more reason to just shut yourself off the heart and stop connecting to it, maybe doing a little, uh, creating a little wall around it and, and ultimately keeping yourself away from whatever is inside. Now, the problem when we are closing our hearts and stopping to live from our hearts is not only that we are not really feeling what's coming towards us, you know, we are not feeling kindness from others or maybe love or, or caring, all this compassion that may surround us doesn't really affect us. We, we cannot let it sink in because we have barricaded our heart.
we don't really believe it. I mean, someone told me the other day, you know, there are so many people that tell me how great I am and how much they love me, but I think they have some ulterior motives. I think they are doing this because they want to get something from me. So that is when you really are in the distrusting of uh, whatever your heart may want to feel and basically scheme around on how you can get through life uh, unhurt and, uh, and unblemished. And then we are also, when we are barricading our heart, unfortunately, not able to tap into our, our own inner resources. You know, those gifts, those gems that are inside of us, those um, strengths of, of intuition, of compassion, empathy, of maybe even creativity and deep joy, adventure, curiosity, things that are not necessarily logical, but they feel often so enriching and, and right when we allow ourselves to get a hold of them. So <clears throat> closing your heart doesn't work both ways. And it certainly also doesn't work in regards to being or becoming your authentic self. So how do we go into the more heartful way of living? Mindfulness is beautiful. Many of us are practicing mindfulness meditation, stilling your mind, becoming more present, being more in that place of sitting and just feeling yourself. But I believe we are sometimes ignoring that there are also messages from our heart, that there is a wisdom in our heart that doesn't really come to the forefront when we're just stilling our mind, we actually need to knock at the door of our heart or we need to open the door to our heart. So those steps that I want to talk about today to heartful livings start with the first step, which is about connecting to your heart. And I want you just to practice this for one moment. It just takes a long time. You can do it right now. So I want you just to close your eyes unless you're driving. Take a deep breath in and just focus on your heart. I'm not talking about the beating organ. I'm talking about more that space in your chest, the space from where you know and maybe you remember those warm, loving, caring, appreciating, adoring, passionate feelings are coming from. Just focus on your heart and let your thoughts and feelings just go there without judging. Just be curious. Simply relax and notice how your heart feels. Maybe you can even listen to your heart. Maybe you can get a sense of whether your heart feels closed, guarded, tight. Maybe they are when you're looking at your heart, connecting with your heart, memories coming up. Maybe you're feeling like, oh, there are some emotions, maybe some not so nice emotions, and you may even tear up. But just notice as you're looking and connecting to your heart that there is a part of you that deserves your attention. Notice if your heart feels cold or warm. 
generous or tight, giving or empty, overflowing or lacking, full of trust or full of fear. And imagine your heart like a house that has all different kinds of rooms. And there may be rooms like the basement where you have stored a lot of those memories and emotions that are still needing to be dealt with. But then there is also a place in your heart that holds your truth, that holds all those gifts and all those specific gems that you're here to, to touch into and, and share with yourself and the world. And living from that heartful place is about tapping into that, what's inside of you, and then using that as a way to guide you through life. And so you can just stay focused on that, stay connected to that inner truth, which you may visualize like a light. As we are going into break, maybe you want to just stay with that place. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes. Then when we come back, we're going to talk about that step or secret, that second one, which is about being able to let go and being able to be more flexible as you're detaching from whatever has been holding your back. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Raising the vibrations through stimulating conversations while exploring the mysteries of Atlantis and Lemuria on Tales from the Mer World Radio with me, Amira Beth. Join us every second and fourth Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Be ready to feel empowered and an active part of the changing earth. For more information about me, visit AmiraBeth.com. Your money is your creational energy. When you feed your wealth back into what you love, it signals your choices and returns to you. Tune in to Money Momentum with host Karen Baines and learn the truth about the widely misunderstood creative energy that is the cash in your pocket. Realign the things you can't see to get the results you can see. Listen every month for a whole new hour on how to get the money already aligned to who you are. For more information on Karen and Money Momentum, visit soulwhispers.uk. Is traditional medicine not working for you? Do you still feel as if your health isn't 100%? Here at the Holistic Medical Center, Dr. Nushin Darvish and the qualified staff look through the dimensions of wellness and start a healing plan prioritized to your needs. Our physicians assess the whole you until complete health is achieved. Get the help you need by visiting drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404. A word of caution, if you prefer the status quo and you are not interested in improving every aspect of your life, this book will trigger the shift out of you. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens is available now. Author Colette Steffen brings the powerful knowledge 
and life-changing energy and empowerment from the radio airwaves to the pages of her new book. To get your copy in paperback or ebook, visit thetruthisfunny.com today. Welcome back to Empowerment Radio. So how does your heart feel? Did you get in touch with it? Well, this just focusing on it with your eyes closed and being aware of the state of your heart is a wonderful way just to get more into that space and start that journey, which some say is the longest journey, which is from the head to the heart, and really make the goal of it not just to you know judge your heart as oh look it's still closed oh it's still heavy but more as something you are open and curious about what it needs maybe your heart needs more lightness and more joy and maybe your heart that basement there needs someone to help you to clear it up and release some of the baggage that may have been stored for a long time but again, the curiosity of figuring out what is actually my heart telling me about how to go through life, that is something that is expanding your awareness. And it's, as I said before, making your life not only more fulfilled, but it's slowing down time. And that heartful way of living is also a part of being open to be different. So the second step or key or secret or whatever you want to call it is detached flexibility. And what I mean with that is being aware of how many things and how many aspects of your life you're actually attached to. You know, in Buddhism, they say that attachment is the root of all suffering. And I totally agree with that because we can get attached to our routines and all of a sudden we are the prisoner of us having to go through six o'clock, getting to the gym, six uh, forty-five, having our you know our energy drink or whatever, and then just you you don't really have any freedom to be any different. We can be attached to our comfort zones. We can be attached to our opinions and always feeling like we are right and everyone else is wrong. We can be attached to our identities and believing, well, this is how we are supposed to be. And this is how we are, uh, how we have been for a long time. So there is nothing else to discover. So the detachment, the attachment that we are carrying around is clearly limiting us from living in a more full and fulfilling way. And when I was in Egypt, I, I just noticed how often we had to be detached, you know, detached from certain comforts, detached also from certain plans. I mean, we visited temples and uh, you know, we always liked to find a spot where we could do some meditation or inner work. And well, you don't want to be surrounded by hundreds of tourists as you're doing this. So you're waiting for that time to open up to do that work. And, and the beauty about it is it always happened. You couldn't really plan it, but somehow being in that flow and just knowing that, yeah, well, now this uh, idea is not working out. I'm curious to see what will work out. That detachment and being flexible to have a different 
uh, outcome or a different experience other than you were expecting. That created a lot of magical moments. Every time I moved, and I moved a lot, every time I moved to a different place or a different country, I had a clean slate. And it was this feeling like, oh, wow, I am actually free of all those attachments of how I used to live, how people used to see me, of how I went about my day or the uh, identities I was holding on to. And it felt incredibly freeing. Detachment allows you to experience yourself in a whole new way. And that is something, that freedom cannot be filled by, oh, how can I, as fast as possible, uh, think myself into a different role or in a different uh, way of having to go about life? Just when you have detached, also be flexible enough to listen to what else is possible. What does it feel inside of my heart, what I really want to do and what feels like, you know, I'm drawn to. For me, when I came to Seattle, it was about, uh, you know, my heart telling me, well, I want to actually try something new. And this new thing I wanted to try was yoga. And that one yoga I was really drawn to was Kundalini yoga. And I just followed the heart and I followed, you know, the class that I wanted to go to and then there was this, uh, this summer solstice camp. I felt like I should go to it. So there was a flow. There was a heart-centered flow, which led me then to uh, meet my wife and uh, led me then to basically change my entire life. And it was really just to be flexible, not going back to the old things I knew, but just being open to something else. A client of mine, uh, a friend of mine actually, told me the story of, of another form of detached flexibility, which I find is so beautiful. She had done a lot of inner work and she had uh, really evolved spiritually and personally and her old job just didn't feel right anymore. She just felt like, well, the environment and what I'm doing, that doesn't have, have any greater meaning. And But sometimes, you know, it was also for her the fear of letting go of that job that you know made her basically bite her teeth together and go back in so her attachment wasn't just to that job her attachment was to believing that the job doesn't fit her the people don't fit her what she's doing doesn't have any meaning and then she opened up her heart and her heart says you know wherever you are there you can also make a contribution and there you can also shine your light and so all of a sudden, she said, well, what if I change the environment in this corporate office? What if I'm going to be the one who actually is making the change I want to see? And so she started talking with these people in a, in a way that she never talked before. She shared her interests. They discussed astrology. And all of a sudden, these people opened up. And all of a sudden, they discovered that there is a life beyond numbers and uh, and to-do lists and uh, and now it's a whole different atmosphere there they are pulling angel cards in the morning they are really connecting more on a on a deeper emotional level they are curious about each other and that was all because of that detachment and listening to what the heart actually wanted to have her experience and to want to have her share in her environment so 
the practice of detached flexibility can be as simple as you noticing I am too rigid or I'm getting too contracted with a certain way of being. It can be a routine. It can be an opinion. It can be uh, the way you are expecting from yourself to, to perform during the day and just allowing yourself to get out of this attachment, maybe just for a day and try out something new. So instead of going to the gym, what does her heart say? My heart say, you know, I would love to actually lay longer in bed and maybe do a guided meditation. Or my heart says, you know, I really would like to go into nature rather than to a gym where everyone is sweaty and the air is just air conditioned. I want to go outside and walk in the park. Feel that there is a lot that you can, with simple steps, bring more fulfillment into your life when you let go of those attachments. And when it comes to the coronavirus, just a, a little side uh, note here, there is an attachment of this is terrible, this is something we have to be afraid of, this is something that's going to kill us all. And being willing also to detach from that mass consciousness fear that's fed also by the media and asking yourself, so how can I see this from a different light? And maybe just really it was interesting. I had like two days where clients, all of my clients told me how they see the coronavirus, not just as something to be scared of or a curse, but really as an opportunity. One client told me that it's really so grounding to remember the really essentials in life, the priorities in life. All of a sudden, you know, that person is more connected to the children and more connected to the spouse and, and feels more like, you know, paying attention to being present there and not just, you know, planning already ahead or, you know, always being somewhere else, but not really in the here and now. Another one told me that it feels that people are coming closer together, similar to after September 11, where there is a, a greater sense of community. People are uh, more communicating and maybe sometimes also, you know, sharing their worries, but there is a compassionate note to this. And some other person told me that they find it fascinating how actually everything is slower because, you know, some work from home, uh, some just don't want to necessarily just go to the malls and run around to kill time. So everything is more deliberate. And, and I personally saw a picture of China uh, before and after the virus and how much less pollution there is because people stay at home. I know the virus is something that is serious, but there are also ways to look at it in a different way and, and just seeing, okay, given the circumstances, how can I be more flexible in how I approach it? And again, Facebook Live on the 14th, we'll talk more about that. Now, that, that third step of the, of the living in a more heartful way is about, is similar, it's connected, but it's a little bit different. And it's, a, it's about patient allowing. And the difference between being in a detached flexibility where you're kind of staying at a crossroad and you're saying, well, I know that road, well, let's detach from that and see what another road may bring you. Patient allowing is much more about actually sitting still 
which is not what we really are used to, and just allowing insights, intuition, but also from the outside information, guidance come to you that allows you then to make choices that are way more fulfilling than maybe the choices that you're used to do. After the break, we will talk more about the patient allowing and other secrets to that heartful living. Yippee skippy to that, baby. We're not done yet. Some of us are out here to educate and inspire. This year, 2020, is the year we gotta show me the money in the cash flow. I'm Dr. Pat. This is the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. Visit thedrpatshow.com. Have you ever wondered what your pets think about? Do you know what your pets are saying to you? Dr. Monica will be your pet's translator to help you understand what your pets are trying to communicate to you. Enhance the bond with your furry friends on Pets Talk with Pet Communicator, Dr. Monica, each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more information about Dr. Monica, visit PetCommunicator.com. Are you ready to shift your current beliefs about death from debilitating pain and loss? Follow Angie Corbett Kuyper as she shares that through choice, present moment awareness, and keeping an open mind that anything is possible, even in death. Tune in to Beyond Proof Radio with Angie, redefining death and loss every first Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more, visit BeyondProof.com. How would you like increased health and vitality? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process? This is all possible through a simple, safe, and natural process. Every day we are either moving toward wellness or away from wellness. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. I'd like to be your partner in achieving optimal health. Contact me now at MaryJaneMack.com or call 425-392-0659. Visit MaryJaneMack.com. Dream on, lie high, and live adventurously on The Laura Meeks Show. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio as host Laura Meeks guides you in finding your unique gifts and bringing them to life. As a certified life coach, speaker, and veteran bomber pilot for the U.S. Air Force, Laura knows how to follow a dream. She is ready to support you so you can dream on, fly high, and live adventurously. For more information on Laura and her work, Visit flyhighliving.com. The heartful way of living, living with more peace and living with greater fulfillment. And one step to get there is that patient allowing that was probably one of the hardest steps for me to actually practice because I, maybe it's my German upbringing, I'm certainly someone who loves to have a plan, loves to have a sense of control, and allowing is not necessarily a part of that. And Daniela used to drive me crazy when 
on the weekends, he just said, let's just the day unfold. And I had already plans to do all those things that I find were fun or important to chores to take care of. And <laughs> the unfoldment was something I had to get used to. But it really pays off. And especially the part of being also patient with it. Be patient allowing what I noticed in Egypt was allowing circumstances and allowing people just to be who they are and not trying to force, including yourself, to be any different. And the way to practice this can be just as simple as when you are talking to someone, really allowing that person to finish their sentence, allowing the person just to have your undivided attention, having eye contact. And then when you're feeling like, okay, now it's my turn now, there is a feeling of it's, uh, it's turning over to you, then you are saying whatever you wanted to say. But in your head, you're not already formulating the sentence while the other person is speaking. Allowing can also be just not knowing yet. You know, sometimes we're in this conflicted place where we are wondering, like, should I do this? Should I do that? Is that the right decision? Is that the right decision? And just coming to the place where you are realizing, I don't know, I don't have all the information it takes. And so I just allow myself to be uh, in this unknown and let the information come to me. And I don't have to really know any longer all the outcomes and already, you know, far ahead of uh, what life going to be like, just being patient about it. You know, a friend told me about her uh, mother having been diagnosed with lung cancer. And, uh, and she really, you know, was of course, totally overwhelmed because it was a terminal illness. And, uh, and uh, she and her sister decided to take care of the mother, but she didn't really know how to do this. And in some ways, you know, she was about to go into planning and, uh, and you know, being all prepared but there was also something inside of her that just knew, no, I think the information is going to come to me. And, and it came to her in the form of someone she worked with. And that person just out of the blue said, you know, I just lost my mother to lung cancer. And uh, we took care of her until the end. And, uh, and it was such a beautiful coincidence that life brought her that this person could share with her all those you know, trials and tribulations uh, she already had went through. And so helped her to really be prepared to make that final stage of her mother the most comfortable and the most meaningful one. And so that is a gift, again, that didn't come from running around in panic, but just from letting life also come to you and come to her through this allowing. And, and again, Allowing doesn't mean that you're not doing anything. It just means like when you're feeling like you did your part or you have a question that cannot be answered or you say, you know, the old way of being doesn't really serve me anymore. So I'm allowing myself to figure out how else I want to be and what feels right for me to be. Those kinds of allowing can really make a big difference because it does make you tune into something inside of you that may have never been expressed. You know, a client of mine told me about him always having to be the entertainer and the jokester and uh, being the one who makes everyone happy. But deep inside, 
he realized, well, I'm only doing this so that I get positive attention, that I can feel a little bit more you know, included and better about myself. But it didn't really feel like this was his truth. And so he allowed himself just to be more quiet and to be more patient in conversations and not always having to be the center of attention. And, and what he noticed is that people were opening up to him and that people were sharing with him you know, their, their struggles and their feelings. And, and what he realized is that his energy was actually something that made people so comfortable because he has a warm and kind energy that they were feeling safe to open up and that this is a much greater gift than just making people feel entertained. So again, he didn't know that until he allowed himself to find that out. Now, talking about this kind of gift giving, the next step of heartfulness is also being about in the giving mode, being of service. And that is the generous kindness that I experienced so many times in Egypt. You know, generous kindness is not about, you know, opening your wallet and, you know, dropping $100 or something like this. Generous kindness is simply being from your heart in a place where you're acknowledging people maybe with a smile or maybe by asking how they're doing or how their sick kid is doing. Generous kindness is just noticing that you, with your presence, you can light up someone's life and you can make them feel better about themselves. And it doesn't really take a lot. We are, we are often so uh, stuck in our heads or believing like, you know, that we have to check our phones rather than being really present with someone else. And when I was in Egypt, I, you know, we have these little stones we are pulling at the beginning. It's a, a word on the stone, which is functioning like a, a stepping stone. And, you know, of all the stones I could have pulled, I pulled a stone kindness. And kindness, I knew that uh, is, a, is a part of me. But when people saw that I drew that stone, they said, of course, you draw this, draw this stone, because that's really who you are. And it was actually a a really nice thread that went through this trip because that reflection of kindness being a big part of who I am was also reflected back by people in the hotels that we stayed in. And some of those people remembered me after all those years. And one guy came up to me and said, you were always so kind to me and you always ask me about my family. And, and I feel like that connection from the heart is really something that makes life so much more rich. And everyone can do it. Everyone has it inside. It's just a matter of making it a priority. So practicing generous kindness is as simple as when you get your coffee in the morning, maybe to have a little word of appreciation or just a little really heartfelt, how are you doing to your coworker? Not just getting you know in this, oh, I'm fine. And that's it. Kindness is really about, you know, being interested and wanting to know what's really going on. Kindness is also an equalizer. You know, I always admired uh, one of our friends in Egypt who uh, was the organizer of many of our trips. And uh, 
and he was equally kind to everyone, whether it's uh, the person who uh, has been begging on the street or the owner of a big hotel complex. He treated everyone exactly with the same openness and kindness. And I think that's something that really is showing a great humanity. And, and that is what we all deserve to share with each other, acknowledging each other, thanking each other, smiling at each other, you know, just being more present with each other. That is already enough for us to make a difference in other people's life. Now, the next step, again, is about sharing. And that is about going one step further, the courageous engagement. In Egypt, we were anchoring on a little island. And uh, there was a donkey and there was a horse. And they were both you know, grazing around um, on that place. And, and the horse was laying down a lot. And I was wondering why, what's, what's really going on? And after two days of seeing the horse, you know, eating for a few hours and then laying down, I asked the cook if he knows the owner. And since they have been anchoring there several times, yes, he knew the owner. And I asked if he could just talk to the owner and see if he would be willing to go to the vet and uh, figure it out. Now, he actually did, which was surprising to me, listen to the cook. He got you know, the horse to the vet. The vet found out that the horse had uh, some worms and needed to be dewormed and needed to also be treated with other things. And, and the owner actually followed through and did it. And, uh, the horse was doing much better. It was standing up more, it was eating more, and I checked in when we left again. And so I think it's on the on the way to to be healthy again. What I'm going with there is that I could also just have ignored it. And I think there are many things we just ignore, and I'm certainly one of many who do have blind spots where we're just feeling we are too busy, we cannot really deal with this, or we're feeling like, no, this is not our place. You know, the neighbor, you may see that person, you know, crying, going home. We're not stopping necessarily and saying, hey, what's going on? Can I help you? Or, you know, we are seeing an accident. Uh, do we always stop and get out and, and help? No, often we are feeling like, oh, no, probably the police and the firemen are already on their way. And so there are, there are things where we may feel there is a call from inside to do something, but somehow we are stopping ourselves. And so I don't believe that we are here to just take care of ourselves. I think we really are here to take care of each other. And for that, in big and small things, we have to be more courageous to get involved. And again, it can be as simple as noticing someone distress and not just walking by or hearing that someone is in the hospital and not just, you know, sending a card, but actually showing up or calling up or when someone is going through a divorce, not just avoiding them because we don't want to necessarily bother them or impose on them. No, if you feel your heart tells you do something about it, show humanity, show that you care, then show up for those people and care. If you see, and that's one of my pet peeves, if you see a little, uh, you know, bug on the back, you know, trying to scramble to come back uh, on its feet, 
stop and turn it around. It's a living being or a toad on the street. Before it gets run over, if it's safe, stop and carry it to the other side. These are not really hard things to do, but they make you feel better. They fill your heart because you were actually engaged in life. You made a difference for a creature, for a human being, and you feel in greater purpose. And that is one way of feeling more fulfilled, to live more in that sense of having a purpose and not just in that sense of survival. And so when it comes to the coronavirus, I feel we have to also be willing to be more engaged in the idea that it's not just about, I want to keep myself safe. I want to make sure that I don't get the virus. The fact is that probably 80% of people that have the virus will not even know that they have it. That's just something they found that, you know, most cases are very mild. And there are, of course, and the more severe cases that are ending up in the hospital and maybe even, you know, ending up lethal. But those are the people that you want to focus on. How can I make sure when I wash my hands that it's about not transmitting the virus to those that are more vulnerable and more susceptible? How can I make sure that when I don't go somewhere, that it's not about, oh, I want to protect myself only, but it's also about, I want to make sure that I'm not potentially bringing the virus to people that may not be able to handle it, may not be able to, to fend it off. So that is a different mindset. You do exactly the same thing, but you are more engaged in helping others in your mind than just making it about your own health and well-being. So practicing this, this engagement uh, and just noticing where am I called to do something? Again, it can be small, it may be bigger. Maybe at this election, you feel like, you know, I want to be a person who actually volunteers from my candidate. Or maybe in this election, you want to be a person who says, I want to make peace with my family. We haven't been talking for such a long time. I want to make sure that just because we are at different ends of the spectrum politically, we still have the common ground of love and, uh, you know, other things that really deeply connect us. Or maybe you can be courageously engaged by telling your father-in-law that it's not okay to have racial slurs that he may feel like, you know, more emboldened by to spout out. You will know when your heart tells you do something and you will feel afterwards so much more authentic and so much more empowered by following it then if your head holds you back with all these considerations of self-protection. So we have the connection to the heart. We have that detached flexibility, the patient allowing, being generous with your kindness, being courageous with your engagement. And now the last key is to be more spiritually open. I don't talk a lot in Empowerment Radio about spirituality. Even though I consider myself very spiritual, somehow spirituality is a topic that people have sometimes strong opinions. They feel like either they don't believe anything, so don't even start with it, or they have their own spiritual beliefs that they are very strongly attached to. 
And that can be an imprisonment in itself. Because when we are following those ideas of there is nothing, we're going to all just disappear, or the belief of, you know, this is exactly how it is, I know it, and everybody else is wrong, all of this just comes more from the head, and it's not necessarily really felt with the heart. It's more contracting than expanding. So being spiritually open just means also to be curious about what that maybe spiritual core inside of you is telling you what it resonates with. Now, I do work with clients on a concept of connecting to their essence, connecting to their core. And in one of the process we're doing, we're actually going all the way back to the beginning of their existence, before they even became matter, before they were conceived. And it is fascinating to see that even the people that have no spiritual belief at all, when they go back to that place, they all feel that same sense of, of wholeness, of lightness, of, of truth that is not explainable in their logical minds. And so I know that there is, for all of us, something inside that we can touch into, but we cannot really explain what it is. Some visualize it as a light. Some just feel it's an enormous source of wisdom and peace and strength. I don't know how to explain it. I know just when I feel it and when I, when I connect to it. And what is powerful about that spiritual exploration and openness is that it may lead you on your path to discover more about the mysteries and the wonders in life, and also about yourself. I mean, I grew up very uh, Lutheran and really believing into the separation of, of God and, and the person and, you know, we being sinners. And that was all that, you know, religious dogma I firmly believed in. And when I was introduced to that idea that, well, God is also inside of us, whatever God means, I first rejected it. I contracted. I didn't really want to listen to this because I had a different opinion that uh, I was fearfully holding on to. But when I gradually tapped into how it actually felt inside of me to feel that there is a divine inside of me, it really changed everything. It made me feel so much more at ease and trusting and go through life with less of that need to control. And that is just a small example of spiritual exploration. When we were in Egypt, there is a lot of spiritual exploration and there are a lot of different uh, ideas and uh, experiences that people had that just really are at times mind-blowing. Just cannot really understand and explain what's going on. But it is expanding your perspective and it does make life much more in a positive way, mysterious and much more magical. And therefore, it also makes more sense because a lot of things that we are doing may in the moment really not make sense. But when you're trusting that there is a spiritual reason behind it, you can actually, looking back, also see this is why this needed to happen. and This is why I needed to meet that person. And so the practice of spiritual exploration 
can just be that you are tuning into that aspect of you that you would say is your essence. Let's say your divine essence or your infinite self. I may call it the soul. You may just want to visualize it just like you visualized your heart. You may want to just be patiently waiting for it to reveal itself. And then you're going to feel that there is a, an attraction to certain things that you may want to just pay a little bit more attention to and explore. This can be nature. Maybe, you know, this, this inner voice just says you need to spend more time in nature and tune into more with the wisdom that comes from there. Maybe there is this inner voice that tells you you should read a certain book. It's fascinating sometimes to hear what people are finding, you know, where they are saying, like, you know, all of a sudden I was open to explore, and then I hear people, you know, three different people telling me in a week about the same book. So I guess that's a book I'm supposed to read. So this can be, you know, conversations with God or a course of miracles or, uh, you know, the untethered soul or whatever books feel like, you know, they draw you in to, to widen your perspective. It can be meditation and meditation, not just to still your mind, but also meditation to open your mind to see if there are any kind of messages or energies or information dropping in that you feel like, wow, this is really interesting. I don't know why, but something really feels uh, needs to be um, addressed or needs to be acted upon or needs to be explored further. Being open spiritually gives life a whole new dimension. And I talked to a client of mine just the other day about uh, how he has been so unhappy in his life. And even though he does have a spiritual connection and he is a strong believer in God, he felt detached from everything his kids, his work, his wife, himself, living constantly in a certain kind of fear and doubt and worry. And so we did work on moving from the head back into the heart. And what he found in his heart was actually his true self. All of a sudden he remembered, who I am is not a number cruncher. Who I am is not a calculator who is always trying just to avoid any kind of mistakes or plan ahead and how to be and how to advance. Who I am is a passionate being who loves to help people, loves to educate people, loves to connect. There is so much lightness in my heart. And when I was removed from that because I was all in my head, all of a sudden I got depressed, I got anxious. And I lost touch with myself and I lost the joy in my life. And so this going back into his heart made him more connected to himself, to his purpose in life, and also to his spiritual connection to the higher power that he firmly believes in. And everything from then could really turn around. Well, I hope this heartfulness inspires you a little bit to really go onto this journey to explore life in a different way, to stretch time, to bring more peace, even in turbulent times into your life, and to make every day more fulfilling than the day before. It's all within our reach. The outer circumstances don't have to change. It's how we approach them and what guides us 
that is really what matters. So be brave and let your heart guide you as much as you have been letting your head guide you. And being both in balance usually leads you to the most enjoyable and meaningful way of life. Until next time, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. And thank you for just trying to always continue to empower yourself. Goodbye. It's time to You've been listening to Empowerment Radio with Dr. Friedman Schaub. Join Dr. Friedman every first and third Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern as he addresses some of the most prevailing challenges of our daily lives. To learn more about how Dr. Friedman's personal breakthrough program can help you overcome fear, anxiety, and low self-esteem, visit thefearandanxietysolution.com.